Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Over the last uh, two weeks, our lectionary has given us the opportunity to see what the resurrection proves. We talked about four of them already. First, it proves that Jesus is true God. It proves that his doctrine is completely true. It proves that our sins are forgiven because God the Father accepted Jesus' payment for our sins. And four, it proves that we too will rise from the dead. Today our readings show the fifth and final thing the resurrection proves. That baptism gives us the strength to live a new life. This is maybe the most practical of them all because it has to do with daily life, with the ordinary, with the mundane, with my vocation. With, not just, with how I make it, not just through today, but, but until Jesus returns. Where does my strength come from to, to live a life pleasing to God when simply living life itself is so difficult? I heard a story recently about a naval admiral, James Stockdale, uh, who observed POWs uh, that survived seven years in a North Vietnamese prisoner of war camp versus those who didn't survive. And he writes that those who didn't survive tended to be the most optimistic of the group. They were the ones saying, we'll be out by Christmas. Then Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. Easter would come, and Easter would go. Thanksgiving would come, and Thanksgiving would go. And they'd be back at Christmas. They died, Stockdale said, of a broken heart. Their hearts broke under the realization that they ultimately were not in control. Their optimism caused them to look forward to something that wasn't there. However, those who did survive realized that nothing in the moment was in their control. Uh, They had nothing to be optimistic about. But what they did have was hope. As impossible as it seems, they had hope that dead or alive, they would return home someday. When Jesus tells his disciples on Monday, Thursday, in his last discourse with them, that in a little while you are not going to see me, and again in a little while you will see me, he's not giving them some self-congratulatory graduation speech full of optimism. In fact, he even says, Amen, amen, I tell you, you will weep and wail, but the world will rejoice. You you will become sorrowful. This flies in the face of our modern addiction to control. We think that if we can just control things, things will just be fine, everything will work out fine. Well, just look at the news. The narrative is all about bodily control and autonomy, freedom. You could even ignore the abortion debate and just think about the concept, the concept of birth control. And I realize that 
in some situations, for some people, it may be necessary. But for the vast majority of people, even Christians, uh, if we think that our happiness is contingent on, on everything going according to my plan, according to my timeline, according to my financial situation, according to my place in life, that's not freedom. That's not autonomy. It's an illusion to think that we can control anything, let alone life. But we want to be optimistic that we can control things and and have everything happen according to the way I want it to happen. How appropriate then, not not just for this week, but also for Mother's Day, the parable Jesus tells. A woman giving birth has pain because her time has come. But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of her joy that a person has been born into the world. The world tries to get rid of pain, to get rid of suffering. It wants to ignore the cross. Because all these things mean that I'm not in control. I was reminded this week that the vocation of motherhood is the most despised vocation in our country. No other vocation has an entire industry devoted to promoting the idea that you can and should escape it. A woman giving birth has pain, Jesus says. Motherhood is difficult, and the birth process is actually dangerous. We forget how dangerous it is. But it's not something to be avoided. The cross is never something to be avoided. Like all vocations, it does carry a burden, a cross. But what comes after the cross? The resurrection. New life. Jesus' birth, if you will, not not from the womb, but from the tomb. It's this idea that St. Paul picks up on, and he says that your baptism unites you not only with the cross, but with the resurrection. You have a new birth, born not again from your mother, but from above. Baptism doesn't just take something away, it actually gives you something. Optimism is looking forward to something that we don't have. Uh, And if our prayers are shaped by optimism rather than what Jesus gives us, uh, if our our prayers then become, well, they they become self-serving. Praying in our own name rather than uh, Jesus says in his name. So, for instance, if we're tempted to sin, our prayer might become, Lord, help me not to get caught. Uh, When what we should do is is maybe just take a walk or leave the room or shut the door or shut the laptop, uh, move out and pray, giving thanks to God for what he has given me rather than the things I'm desiring. Or, if we face difficulties in the home, our prayer might become, Lord, give me a different spouse, rather than, Lord, teach me patience, and allow me to love my spouse more. Optimism is always looking for something better. But Christ's resurrection doesn't give us optimism. It gives us hope. It gives us something not just for the future, but for the present, for the now. 
for the days and times when I struggle with life, for the days and times when I struggle with sin, for the days and times when I struggle with the daily burdens and crosses of my vocation, and with the sorrow and pain of living in a fallen world. The world desperately needs this hope, this gospel. Because in the world, even in a lot of churches, especially, uh, and especially on, on self-help uh, podcasts and things, the law is what predominates, not the gospel, the law. You've got the power within you to be better, to make a difference. That's not good news. That's a law with a fancy bow on top. And what pressure this creates. I think this is especially true for mothers. The pressure to do all things right. So that many are falsely led to believe that not only is life within their control, but also their salvation. So they become optimistic about their own self-improvement. But this leads only to one of two places. Either the self-righteous pedestal of pride or the pit of despair. But the Christian message is not simply be better or don't do bad stuff. The Christian message is that we, you, actually have help. You have a Redeemer who has not only taken away your sin, but replaces it with His righteousness and salvation and strength, the strength that overcame death. And He doesn't just tell us, good luck, see you later. You're on your own now. You've got things under control. But He comes alongside us, giving us strength day by day. Those who struggle with addiction know that you can't just take something away and expect to not have any problems, to not, to not be tempted anymore. Uh, you actually have to fill your life with something. They need to fill their life with something different. Sin is addicting, and it ultimately leaves a hole. It promises to fill our need, but, but only makes the hole greater. That hole needs to be filled with something good. This is what baptism is. Luther called it the great exchange, that Jesus takes our sin, but instead of leaving a void, he replaces it with his righteousness, his forgiveness, his strength. Baptism takes us out of the path to despair because it removes any illusion that I'm in control. And in its place, it gives me hope that no matter what I face, Jesus faced it first, and is with me always, even to the end of the age. That's actually the promise Jesus gave when he instituted holy baptism. Go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Baptism is not me controlling God or me committing my life to God, or me deciding optimistically that I'm going to do better. But it's Jesus committing his life, death, and resurrection to me. As Paul says, we are therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death, 
that just as Christ was raised up from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk in a new life. Baptism is God's work, God's promise to me that no matter what, that because Christ rose from the dead, my life is now shaped by Christ's death and resurrection. Every day, every day I die to sin, but by faith every day, every day I rise from the dead. And I don't simply rise as a better person, I rise completely made new. And now I can actually go about my life in freedom because nothing depends on me. I'm not in control, but Jesus is. I don't have to be optimistic that that someday I'll have everything the way that I want it, but I have hope right now for the present that Christ is with me no matter what. I don't have to worry about being optimistic that one day I, I might be good enough because through baptism into Christ, I've already been declared perfect. Christ takes what is mine and gives me what is his. So I can be content then with whatever vocation God places me in. I can live knowing that I might have sorrow now over a hundred different things, just as Jesus says, but live in the hope that dead or alive, I'll be home again and I'll see Jesus face to face. This is why Jesus says, your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. If the last two years have taught us anything, it's that optimism can be taken away as things come and things go. But hope cannot be. And thus, Jesus says, even in the midst of sorrow, your heart will rejoice and no one, no one, will take your joy away from you. You are baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. Christ's resurrection proves that your baptism gives you the strength to live, even now, even now, to live a new life, to take up your cross, whatever it might be, because after it comes the resurrection. So rejoice in your baptism. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.